I can't, Follis, take it easy on me. Welcome to Tuning Japanese, a podcast where two dudes in their 30s talk about Record of Lodos War. And why can't Follis take it easy on him? He's Andy. Wait, I'm sorry, I'm sorry did you just say Follis or, vo- or or Phallus? What did you say? You heard me. Oh. <sighs> mm, cashew. I'm sorry, what? I'm Bill. <laughs> what? Are, are you alright? <laughs> What's going on? I really identified with the big dude likes cashews. I, you know, I, I, th- I feel like we found your kindred spirit in this anime. It was Space Butler, then Vash, then I don't even. Oh, I guess Lee, Leron, 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 I guess, and then uh, big dude N- 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 Naba, Naba, Naba. Yeah, not to be confused with Napa or Wilford Burnley. Yes. Yeah, well, they're kind of the same. Uh, hi, guy. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Every time. Uh, so, we are here. It's Toonie Japanese. It's bonus season number two time. The studio's We're, dry. The studio is dry. We are actually in a studio. And guess what? Josh isn't here for like the third week in a row. It's becoming a normal thing. Opening auditions for a third co-host. <laughs> <laughs> Starting soon. No, you know, this is going to be released much later. But uh, the reason Josh isn't here is he's preparing... For all of his nuptial fun stuff this weekend, he got married today, and the celebration is the following day, because, you know, courthouse marriages only take only take part on Fridays. They have to take place on Friday. Yes, that is that is a rule. But we're getting, he's doing, he's doing a big party, uh, and we'll be celebrating that tomorrow. But tonight, we're celebrating without Josh. That sounded a lot more happy than it meant to be. And we are talking about Record of Lotus War. This is our third episode of this mini season where we're doing two episodes in a row. And today, we're talking about episode five of the OVA, The Desert King, and episode six, The Sword of the Dark Emperor. Yes. Yes. And it's, I believe, these are, fun. These are good. I love, I love talking about Lotus War. And you had me dying when we were watching episode <laughs> five up there. So I'm really looking forward to reliving some of these conversations. So. You have episode five. Right in front of me. I have episode six. Let's just not even waste any more time. Let's just jump in. Let's talk. I want to talk about Lotus War. Tell me about Lotus War. <laughs> episode five, as you said, is the Desert King. Yes. Or Sabuko oh, no O. <laughs> is that is that because Parn is looking at Kashi with the O face pretty much the entire time? Yeah. Okay. Alright, Spoiler enough. alert. Spoilers, sorry, we're getting, we're jumping ahead of ourselves here. Narration after saving the princess from Carla. Hear, we have a hero's welcome, and their cursed destinies truly begin. I love Wart when he gives his narrations. It's pretty badass. No sugarcoating there, though, is he? No, not in the least. Uh, King Fawn wants to see their faces, but they initially refuse until he asks nicely. It's kind of a weird thing to make a king do. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of a neat shot. We get like a, a shot; they're all bowing before him, and they're all obviously looking down, you know, because they don't want to like meet eyes with the ruler because that's a, a sign of disrespect. But he's like, but I, but I want to see your pretty faces, <laughs> especially Parnes. Parnes face, baby. Meanwhile, King Cashew. Yep, we still didn't make that name up. That's the real <laughs> name that someone had created in this D and D game. Yep. So do you think that, here's my thought, I don't know if we've talked about this before, but do you think that, like, the GM of this D&D game had, like, some really, like, fantasy-ass name that was, like, Kashumanawaha or something, like, I don't know, or I don't know, something like weird, like, (laughs) kind of, I didn't mean for it to sound racist, but you know, like, I mean, like, some, like, really, like, over-the-top fantasy name and someone was just like, hey, King Cashew, and then it just stuck. Oh, oh, God, that was really audible. <laughs> Crack the cold one already. 
I think maybe his name was just King Cashew, and Uh it doesn't mean the same thing in Japanese. Oh. Oh, that's fair. Uh, Yeah, no, I I keep forgetting this was a Japanese D&D game, so... Or an Italian one. Well, yeah, we're going to get there, trust me. Lots of Italian going on, not even just the theme song. That'll be an interesting conversation when it comes up. But anyway, sorry, yes, they're looking at at, at, uh, him, and Parn looks up, and yes, Cashew walks up. No. No. Cashew's riding to the... Oh, he's riding to... Oh, that is the scene. (laughs) It's a really fucked up scene. I love this scene. This scene is so great. Yeah, so he gets buzzed by the pterodactyl from Heavy Metal. Ah! Uh, His his compatriot. Tell the story about the compatriot. Yeah, One-Eyed Willie's hanging out with is just like, I'll kill the filthy thing, and like whips out... Fucking crossbow. (laughs) Fucking, fucking like heavy crossbow. He's like riding a horse, and he's got like a heavy crossbow in his hands, like ready to fucking shoot this thing down ridiculous it was crazy this is this is a uh, king jester yeah it's good that cashew stopped him because yes it was king gesture king <laughs> king <laughs> gesture is not any dumber of a name than no. cashew or jester no no these are terrible um, names but yes he's prince jester oh he's prince that's right yes and he's uh cashew's uh side booty uh royalty dude right what? <laughs> well, I lost my place for a second. You lie. No, like they're like all very like like familiar with one another. Oh yeah, they're all they're all bros. Okay, bros who hang out and suck dick every once in a while. I didn't get that subtext. Can, 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 can you let a man dream? <laughs> Sorry, carry that on. That happens later too. Oh, that does. Carry on. We'll get there. Yes, Prince Jester of Moss. Carla shows up. She's gonna do that a lot. Yeah, episode. she does. There's a lot of well, poof. Not, I'm here. Poof. poof. I'm here. Uh, she shows up to give Lodos to King Cashew, and he reacts by forgetting his sword is a fake one he can't draw. <laughs> no, no, that's not what happens here. No, it's not like, damn, I'm, it's my trick sword that I always bring when Jester's around because he's the funniest guy around. No, it's, uh. It's gonna look like. It's, no, it, it, she's using her magic bill to make sure that he can't draw his sword. Her magic magnets? Yes. Magnet magic? Magnet, it, magnets are magic. Have you ever seen magnets work? They're fucking magic, man. Oh. <laughs> That's how science works. It's fucking genies living inside a metal, making metal stick to each other. Fucking crazy. Stop being a juggalo. <laughs> I will teach you about polarity later. Okay, cool. I could use the, I could use the lesson. Ray today was trying to te- trying to refresh my memory about like density and stuff with like water and ice. We we're like staring at this drink, and I'm like, "Let's well, those strawberries are on the bottom of that drink." And he's like, "Because it's denser than water." And I'm like, "Oh yeah, I yep. forgot about density." Anyway, carry on. I'm bad at science. And ice is friggin' crazy. Yes, ice is crazy. We'll do that on a, on a bonus episode sometimes. We'll call it ice is crazy cast. So anyway, when he can't pull his sword for whatever reason. Yes, either way. She fucks off, and then his men finally show up to help him. Yeah, a little too late, as per usual. Do you think that she was using her magic to keep them away, too? I think that was actually implied, yeah. Okay, okay. It was like a pocket dimension kind of thing. Oh, yeah, that's right, because, like, didn't, like, the lights and everything get kind of weird and dark and shadowy? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Back with King Fawn. It's party time. It's dance party. Ooh, 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 it's Slane, right? Y- yes, Slane. Okay. Slane is the wizard. I, I always want to say Sloane. No, it's Slane. No, that 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 is um, that's the newsroom. Oh yeah, there was a Sloane in that was. Oh there. yeah, that that was uh, that was uh, Psylocke. Yes, Slane. It just sounds wrong. Yeah, yeah. Talks about how many of these dudes will die after this party because he's a buzzkill. Yeah, he really is a buzzkill in this scene. You know who else is a buzzkill? Who? Parn. Because, like, she, they come waltzing in, yeah, and he she, gives no fucks about Deedlet. Deedlet shows up looking fly. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, she's looking really, really nice uh, in that really pretty dress. And, like, Parn's, like, walking, with, like, hand-in-hand hand with her, and he's just, like, kind of looking off to the mm. side, all embarrassed, like, oh, Jesus. And Put the princess up. messes with Ido. Oh, yeah, big time. Like, you don't own any other clothes because you're a poor priest. Ha-ha. <laughs> See, I thought it was more of a sex joke because she's all like, oh, did they not teach you how to ever get out of your robes? Like, I thought she was hitting on him. Or just being mean. Could be. I mean, everyone does laugh, but they are at, like, a royal party, so, like, you know, I just... You have to laugh at the princess. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I equate, like, maybe she's just being a, a, a really terrible person here. And don't forget about Gim the goth. Yeah, Slane goes out, and he checks on Gim, who's outside because he got drunk. Oh, yeah. And so there's no booze left in the party because the dwarf is outside drunk. Oh, yeah, that, that dwarf is, like completely trash. <laughs> he just kind of turns, looks over his shoulder, and kind of grunts at Slane. 
And then, for no reason, a mariachi shows up and starts singing about the murals. <laughs> so, <laughs> we have to talk about this scene. So, you, when we were sitting down to watch this, you you were like, yeah, I was watching this at work, and I had no idea what was going on because it was in another language. To which I said, but there's subtitles. Because when I, because I own this uh, series, but I own it on VHS. Um, this is back when, you know, we used to buy our VHS tapes, like when one or two episodes Sometimes three if we were lucky per VHS, and it was like 20 bucks. And uh, I remember, distinctly, it has a subtitles. It's a dub version, but it has subtitles for this section. Cause this and I dude, always watch the subtitles on. You always do. And you were fucking right. <laughs> I was so confused. Yeah, Viz, or whoever specifically redid this version of it, just decided, eh, fuck it. They probably speak Italian. Like, <laughs> this isn't a big deal at all. Freaking would, crazy. It was... Oh. It's like, oh, here's a nice little music moment. Yeah, so we we end up having to pause the anime because we even tried we did, it with the subtitles. We didn't have to. Well, we didn't have to, but but I I was adamant about this, and I went to a website that might have had another version of it, and um, we watched just this scene, and essentially what this song is, it's he's the he first is, try didn't have him. Yeah, okay, okay, so the second try, my second try of finding it illegally, uh, had this moment in here. No, but essentially, this is an important little bit of background because it essentially gives us the information about the six original heroes. Which, and how all these heroes are just them again. Yes, no, really, definitely. You know, because you have this party of six travelers now, right? Yep. And, you know, the old PCs, old characters, right, from the old campaign, as we've talked about. Um, and, and these are the new ones. But, no, we have uh, the six lights, the six great heroes, the first being the White Knight, the King of Valis, Thon. Uh, we have the one whose heart was lost in the search for a demon, Emperor Beld. Which I, I want to stop and talk about that a little bit because we, we kind of got a little confused as to what the hell that kind of meant. I think he just turned into a real dick. Yeah. I think that's what it meant. Like he just lost his goodness? Yeah, that's kind of how I took it. Okay. Like we probably found that sword and it made him a dick. Okay. No, that's, I mean, that's fair. See, I thought like there was something about like his heart turning, you know, to, toward like demonic and have something to do with like the uh, lost no, love. No, because they fought or... a demon. Like he lost his yeah. heart fighting the demon. Yeah, it's just an interesting line. I don't know. The third one is a dwarf from... But it's a demon sword. It is the demon sword soul crusher. So it crushed his soul. No, you're right. That, that, that checks out. Boom. The third was a dwarf. <laughs> uh, apparently from some sort of stone land. That is Fleve. 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 No, it's Fleve. Fleve. God damn it. Uh, there's a sorcerer of moss, Wart, which we know. We don't know Flavy, by the I, way. I didn't know Wart was made of moss. No. <laughs> apparently. Apparently Wart is made of moss. Uh, <laughs> His name should have been Pete. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh... <laughs> Thank you for tuning into the gardening minute. So, and then we have a cleric from Marfa who is niece, who we know from earlier on. That's who Lelia, Lelia's mom, right? And then the light with no name, but we know her name is Carla. She's got Carl's hat on. She does. It's not really a hat. And Carl's the hat. I, I, right, it's not really a hat. It's Carla. Oh, Jesus Christ. Carla the hat. I listen to a podcast, a Nintendo podcast, where they play a game called 20 Questions, where someone sends them a, a, just a random video game, any video game ever made, and they have to play 20 Questions to figure out what the game is. And uh-huh. their favorite question that they uh, that they ask now is, does your character wear a hat? And, like, <laughs> and it usually just turns into the guy who's running again going, uh, and they're like, oh, Jesus Christ. Like, and then they spend forever trying to define what a hat is. It's, it's just, and that just reminded me of that. So I, I don't really think the circlet counts as a hat, but that's just me. Uh, but yes, that's, that's a song in Italian for some reason about the six legendary heroes. Yep. Lots of Italian. So what happens next, Bill? I wrote down, Ashram cuts a few bitches. I don't remember what that is. We'll get there. Okay. So King Cashew must have been standing outside the door waiting for his oh, entrance music to end. Yes. Yes. You, know, this, you think this is his entrance music? Yep. Like, he just like, hey. He sent the bard in. Play, play my favorite tune, the one about the heroes. The mariachi bard was wearing a turban. I have many questions. But carry on. I don't have an answer. But no, that, no, you're right. He's that's the, what happened. He is the king of like a, of like a, a desert kingdom. So right. there you go. Weird. It's like when you go to independent wrestling shows... And you hear a theme song, and you're like, 
this is a terrible entrance song. Like, why would anyone choose this? And the guy, the guy, the wrestler comes out, and you're like, no, this does. This is a bad. You should probably change your theme. This is exactly yep. what this is. Okay. Yep. So right away, Parn has a man crush. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. He's he's crushing hard. Elsewhere. Ooh. This is where my note comes in. <laughs> Ashram rides down the border guards of Valis, illegally immigrating into Valis. Oh no. <laughs> oh, this is getting very topical. Oh boy. Oh my. Um. Yeah, he, he he just cuts them down. Yeah, no, absolutely. Pretty badass. Ashram is the best fucking villain. He's always the he's just the best. Oh. Meanwhile, Fawn and Kashu bromance out over whatever Gim whatever booze Gim left him. Oh yeah, I think it was just a tiny bit left. <laughs> uh Deedle isn't feeling the fancy life. Uh she can't move in her fancy gown. I think she's trying to convince Parn to undress her. Yeah, <laughs> this seems great because Parn's just like leering at Cashew. And yeah, the whole she's time, no match. Oh, yeah, she's, like, dancing around him, like, man, wouldn't it be great to get this thing off? <laughs> yep. <laughs> It'd be nice to get my legs up over my head, don't you think, Parn? You know, and Parn's just, like, not giving any shits. Kind of. Does not care. And like any normal rogue, Woodchuck is gambling with the guards and cheating them. This is that definitely that character. It's like, I don't want to be at the party. I want to go gamble. And the GM's like, seriously? I my own thing. And he has to, like, come up with rules for gambling yeah. on the fly. And then cheating at the gambling. And then cheating at the gambling. And it's not like D&D now where you just have, like, just you have advantage. It's like, <laughs> right? there's probably like, okay, well, these dice give you plus two. And then uh, they get minus seven for this. Oh, gosh, D&D. Original D&D. Carla shows up, shows up to the Naba. That the guards had mentioned previously. I'm, I'm, so, I'm sorry. <laughs> to the what? The Naba. Slava Manala? <laughs> the big dude. Oh, the big dude. He's a fat dude with, Wolf, a, with Wolf, a bad Wolf, haircut. He's Wolf, angry about it. Wolf or Brimley or whatever, right? <laughs> He's angry about his diabetes. He is very angry about his diabetes. He just wants a snack. He's really hungry. I need cash, dude. to control my blood sugar. That's <laughs> kind of what happens, right? She just <laughs> opens the cage and she just stares at him. He's like, cash. <laughs> yep. It's pretty awesome. Uh, back to the party again. Yes. A lot of this back and forth. There's a ton of this. And Dila is hating on Cashew for dancing well and impressing the ladies. Oh, she is giving him the side eye. So she decides to impress the ladies herself by dancing with Parn and using her plus two decks to make him look good. She just, like, kind of forces her way with Parn. Like, there's... Yeah. That's that's not cool. Like, she's like, you're going out here and dancing with me. He's like, I don't want to. Too bad. It's a little hot. Oh, my. <laughs> oh, my. It's a little hot. Oh, boy. Uh... <laughs> And Woodchuck is following Tweedledurp around. <laughs> Napa smash! Cashews! Need mixed nuts! Oh. Deedlet gets waltz blocked again by Cashew, talking to Parn. Waltz blocked. That's fantastic. <laughs> so she decides to go get drunk with Gim. You know, when in doubt, find the dwarf with the booze. And our scenes finally meet when Naba walks into the party to kill Cashew. Or eat nuts. One of the two. Maybe both. Maybe eat Cashew's nuts. <laughs> yeah, hot <laughs> chuck. So Woodchuck just throws a sword at Parn, but like in a good way. Yes, not like not like in next episode when, or maybe it's later in this episode, I can't remember, but there's a scene later on. It's later this episode. Okay. And Parn is useless as anything but a distraction. Yeah, he doesn't, doesn't really catch the sword well. He's still learning. Yeah, which is a good thing Cashew's here because he kills the giant like right away. That is true. Cuts his to, foot off. To, to be, <laughs> Good oh no! <laughs> Amputation. To be fair, this takes place before he even like Parn takes on the dragon and stuff in episode one. Yeah. So like he's still learning. He's not. He had that one moment with like that one captain from the guard that died. That like yeah. was just part of his tragic backstory that yep. they had to shoehorn in. <laughs> like that's about all of the experience he has with combat. Fair enough. Maybe stabbing a couple of goblins accidentally in the in like episode two. So a little bit later. Yes. Uh poor Deedlet is on her own again because Parn is off with Senpai. <laughs> oh, Josh is even here to say that. And that's when Carla comes back again. How in the feed, Josh. Everyone loves Cashew should be the name of this show. I yeah, no, that's I think that's an accurate name for this anime. Uh this time Cashew attacks her though. He throws a sword at her in a bad way. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> but it's even less effective than the first time when he, because this time she throws it back. Yes, she stops it. She throws it back. It's weird how she keeps bouncing back and forth. Like, like, hey, you want power? Okay, fine. I'll send this big giant guy at you. You sure you don't want power? Okay, mm -hmm. fine. Like she, I think she's got a crush on him too. That's what I'm saying. Like she's got it. So then uh, 
Jester Prince. Prince. Wait, no. Nope, you got those backwards. The guy on the bird from Heavy Metal. Yes. He shows up. That's accurate. We see Ashram and Bell are sitting at the border. Mm -hmm. And the three kings are wise men and figure out a plan to hold off Marmo. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) And that includes sending Wart to gather recon on Carla by going to get Warts. No, 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 no. I mean, kind of. But Parn is being sent to do what he did in episode one. This is this is the breaking point. The end of episode five. He did it in episode one, so they know he can do it again. Uh, just don't ask him to do it in episode two. Uh, so no, he. Uh, <laughs> we've already know that he he survives all that. So this is that breaking moment of like the cool stuff with the dragon. In the first episode that they want to get out there to make sure the the show gets picked up. The pilot. Now we're gonna backtrack to that. That's the adventure he goes on. This was all just a flashback. You could kind of say that, in all honesty. Like, that's not wrong. <laughs> it's not right either, but it's also not wrong. Is that it? That's pretty much it. Okay, that's episode five. Uh, I we I love Woodchuck's line somewhere in there where he says, Why can't Fallis take it easy on me? <laughs> pretty good. Uh, well, pretty damn good. Because the guards all... Oh my god, we didn't talk about that! Yeah, he gets beat up by the guards. and Beat uh, up by the yeah, guards. Yeah, uh-huh. He says that, and then you made the comment, he had to, like, essentially make it right. What did you say? Windmill, not windmill style, uh, fucking... I said ski slope style. Ski slope style, yeah, yeah, two, two, two at once. Um, then he spits out a giant glob of white, so, so that didn't help anything either. Yeah, hey, episode five, The Desert King, let's talk about what we thought of this episode before we... Go to the break card and then start episode six. Since you reviewed this one, what's your thoughts on episode five, The Desert King? I mean, it's a good episode. Most of these have been so far. Yeah, absolutely, they have been. Everybody wants Cashew's Nuts. Oh, yes. Oh, God, yes. Everybody. Yes. <laughs> it's absolutely apparent. That may as well have been the episode title. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I agree with you on that. No, good episode. Uh, I like some of the background stuff. I... I like how Cashew's a badass. Like, he's definitely the kind of person that you don't want to fuck with. The the arts are on point even if they use the same, like, battle scene over and over again. Yeah, we're going to get that in the next episode quite a bit, where they just kind of show this battle with monsters and they reuse it. And it won't be the last time they reuse it. They're going to reuse that in a later episode, too. It's not... Still not to the level of, like, just listening to random grunts while staring at, like... You know, Yoko's tits. Well, no, because it's, it's still a pretty image. It is. They're just, you're reusing it. Yeah, and in the next episode, there's going to be a really brutal one where, like, part of that, where, like, a dude just gets an arrow straight through the neck, which is pretty yeah. fucking awesome. And, and it does move. Yes, it, it does. Well, Yoko standing there yes, staring. absolutely. Uh, no, good episode. I think it's one that's going to set up a lot of stuff. It's, uh, you know, in comparison to some of the other ones, maybe not as strong or as exciting as far as with the action. Um, but still, I love D-Lit being like, hey, Parn, you want to fuck? And Parn <laughs> is like, no, get that out of my good Christian Discord server. You know, like, Pay attention to me. <laughs> it's so good. So good. Huh. Anything else to add about this episode? No, I think that's about it. All right. Well, I think that's about time for us then to hit up the break card. <laughs> Wrong show. <laughs> Hey, it's the break card. I'm Andy, and this is Tuning Japanese, that podcast where we talk about anime and stuff. And I want to thank you so much for joining us for another episode. And we are going to be releasing our next episode on Halloween, or as close to it on Halloween as we possibly can, which is actually our review of Vampire Hunter D. Bill and I sat down and reviewed that, had a really good time talking about that. Just like we had a good time talking about the record of Lotus War, you can tell from some of the things in this episode that this was something we recorded a long while ago and uh, just kind of saved up when we had weeks where we couldn't get together and record, which is what has been happening a little bit here in the month of October. Uh, But we'll be releasing that Vampire Hunter D episode early next week. We're going to have Josh coming back into the studio so we can get back to more reviews of Wolf's Reign, and it's going to be a good time going forward. I'm going to end 2018 strong. If you want to help support our show, so that way we can afford to pay all the bills, you can head over to patreon.com slash tuningjapanese, where only $1 a month will give you access to bonus content like bonus episodes, early releases, show notes as well. We just started putting up a brand new batch of show notes that will bring us all the way to the end of Season 2. 
our notes on Trigun, so definitely go check that out for $1. If you want to donate a little bit more, you can get things like pins and stickers, or if you donate quite a bit, like Superfan Matt, we'll send you other things, like I just sent Superfan Matt a manga, and he's going to send me a manga back, and we're going to maybe do a bonus episode where we talk about the manga, whatever it is, that Superfan Matt sends to us. So we're really looking forward to that as well, doing a little bonus manga trade discussion on the side. Head over to Questionable Endeavor Network at questendnetwork.com for all kinds of podcasts, for articles, for our Discord. So you can come and join and talk to us, talk to the people at Reanimator, talk to the people from all of our podcasts, and definitely spark up a conversation. Join us. We would really, really, really appreciate it. One last thing I'd suggest is that if you can't help us monetarily, head over to iTunes or wherever you listen to today's show and just take like three seconds and click that five-star review and leave a nice little comment and we'll read your comment here in the break card on a future episode. That does it. Here's a quick commercial for another show on the network and back to our review of those two episodes, our third set of reviews for Record of Lotus War. You have been invited to the Slasher Sanitarium. Come join us as we talk about horror movies, horror fiction, and horror television. Subscribe now to the Slasher Sanitarium. New episodes coming soon. Back from the break card, and it's time to talk about episode six of the Record of Lotus. It's not that time. It's not Vader time. Rest in peace. Uh, no, we're going to talk about the Record of Lotus War, episode six, The Sword of the Dark Emperor. All right. So we open with our regular opening and theme song, which you noticed <laughs> we didn't talk about this yet. You noticed something. So, Okay. There are two versions of this, obviously, of the actual vocals. Yes. There's the original Japanese version, and then there was a version that was done when they did the dub. Um, and just like most dubbed versions, like let's take for example, the Sa- Gurren Log. I was bad about it. Sailor Moon did, uh, you know, a, an English set of lyrics that were very different from the original Japanese. You know, she is the one named Sailor Moon. Very different from what the Japanese was. And there were a few, there was one line in particular at the beginning that you made us rewind. Do you want to explain what the song in English says versus what the actual translation says? What was the English? Your strong and powerful arms or something? Yes, yeah, yeah. like, that's a little redundant. Your strong and powerful arms, yes. Hold me with your strong and powerful arms. But the Japanese version was, uh, grab me from behind, I think, is how they put it. <laughs> I, I, lo- I like it when you grab me from behind, yeah. I believe is the actual quote. And uh, those, are v- those are very different lines. Yes. Just wanted to bring that up. Um, hey, Bill! Phrasing. Fire! Monsters. Carnage. We get footage of monsters rushing at soldiers, when, killing them. When you're... When One you're, dude takes a fucking arrow in the neck. We get a lot of that footage. Yes, we do. Um, again and as again. As you said, as an evil fantasy emperor... Yeah. You should avoid setting your monsters on fire before they go into battle. I would think it would make them tougher to fight. I would think it would make them die <laughs> on the ground. They got a witch. They could, they could be magic fire. That like you, like fire shield. That uses up your hit points to be on fire. No, it's like a magic around, right? It's like... They're goblins. Uh, that's fair. They probably have two hit points. Um, Are the dog things supposed to be kobolds? Did we discuss that? Yeah, we discussed okay, that. We yeah, okay, I think we discussed that. They're supposed to be... Kobolds, but I think they, or they're supposed to be gnolls, but they call them kobolds. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, we had that whole discussion. Because they look like werewolves. Yes. I can't remember. Yes. Right, okay. We, we find out that they are storming a castle. There is a, my favorite scene where a guy gets killed and he falls off the, the wall of the castle <laughs> and he goes, ah! About that long, as it's panned out, just watching a small speck of a body. I was waiting for him to catch his breath and start again. <laughs> it was, it was pretty good. Now this is confusing at first because at first I thought they were where the king was and where Cashew was. You're gonna have to be more. Sorry, King Fawn. Yes, King Fawn. But like, it's all confusing because when you think about it, at the end of chapter, or the end of episode five, actually, then there's a gap between what happens in episode five and episode six. So like. 
setting-wise, it's kind of confusing. Like, exactly where they are, exactly what time it because is. Because episode one happens in between. between five and six. Yes. So it is kind of confusing, yes. to be fair. So anyway, they're, they're storming this castle, and there's big fucking ogres in the forest, and it's really cool. I mean, it is a really neat scene, even no, though they're going to reuse yeah, this Yeah, no, it is a good scene. Very cool. Um, so they break down the walls. With a sword slash, right? Yes. I'm pretty sure. I think that proves that building a wall won't solve anything. No, they have magic weapons. Never know. There's one purple dude with a magic sword that... Yeah, that's all you need. Probably exists somewhere. <laughs> you. Really? I wasn't sure where that was going. So Bell commands Ashram to go forward and bring Fawn to him. Essentially lure him out. At at some point right after, Ashram is basically going away. A guy jumps down trying to be all stealthy. He just starts screaming though as he comes down. No, it's to Beld. That's right, because he jumps yeah. down to try to assassinate Beld yeah, in goes, giant ah! armor and a giant sword going, ah! But he gets blasted back by the demon sword, which... Have we talked about the demon sword yet? I don't think we really have talked about it much. It's hard to say. We've talked about it a lot, just in, in general. Li- in life. In life, we talk about that sword all the time because it's my favorite weapon, my favorite fantasy weapon. But this is like some badass kind of like black sword that's like glowing purple energy. They call it the demon sword, the soul crusher. It's just so fucking awesome. And he uses it to just like essentially bounce this guy off and then he cuts him down. It's great. It is really OP. Oh, yeah. And speaking of OP, there's a there's another sword that glows, this time holy white. I don't remember that. Yeah, it's like a holy avenger. I, mean, I remember shit. it from half an hour ago. But yeah, but not like I don't remember this. it in the show, yeah. Yeah, they're like they're like paired artifacts. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. It's very cool. Yeah. Fawn's sword goes off and he realizes, oh shit, Beld is attacking somewhere nearby. We go to Parn and company. They're riding off toward Volus. Uh, this is their return trip from what happened in episode one. And the narrator jumps in, talking about destruction, and we see fields of dead bodies. So they wander through this, like, field of dead people. They pull a man who is alive out from under some rubble, and uh, they're like, what happens? And he goes, uh, and dies. <laughs> like you do. Yep. Dila goes on a huge rant about how war never changes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, essentially, look at all these people. War kills everyone. Like it's inevitable. Well, that's the idea. Yeah, it's almost like it's almost like that moment of like you stupid humans in your war. This is what happens from it, kind of. Yeah. Like we elves are better than this. Um, more on that, I guess. I'm later. an elf, and I'm better than that, but I'm still thirsty as hell. <laughs> Just ha- ha- wanting sex and war. They're very different things. Uh, so Ato, Slain, and Gim stay behind to tend to the dead, while. Dietlit and Parn take off, followed quickly by Woodchuck, who's like, I want to watch you guys fuck! <laughs> Woodchuck as Aziz and Zari. <laughs> Don't leave me here, I want to watch you fuck! <laughs> so, are we going to have to cast Record of Lotus War live action? At some point we will. Yes. I want to do this. I-, I need some time to think, though. But I think Woodchuck is Aziz and Zari now. <laughs> that's that's just going to happen. Uh, so Dietlit's Kristen Bell. Yes, I can see that. Yes, I can very much see that. So we go back to the bad guys. There's a drunken, crazy like collection of monsters dancing around a fire, losing their hit points. Uh, the monsters is partying. Yeah, oh yeah. There's a drunk man. He sees a dark elf. He's like, yeah. I'm pretty sure he's going to rape her. Uh, I think he's probably thinking I about think it. I think that's what the implication no, is. No, no, I think you're probably right. You're probably right. We cut into a into a tent where Beld and Ashram are having a meeting, talking strategy of war. Beld sends, says he's going to send Ashram with some dark elves to be a distraction for a sneak attack. Um, and uh, Beld also says that, you know, the losses that they've had so far is necessary. A necessary shield, just like Ashram will be. Which is kind of a dick thing to say yeah. to, like, your, like, commander, like, I'll of the you, army. I'll let you die, too, if I have to. Like, that's a that's a, that's a a power move right there. Like, that's... It That's is. a, I don't give a fuck about you. Yep. And you want to know a real power move? Ashram says right back, as will you, if it happens to you, essentially. <laughs> yeah. Like, damn, you just told the emperor, if you die, who cares? <laughs> this is how, this is how evil people talk, I guess, to each other. Is that maybe Ashram having a nationalistic bent? Because, like, he's more mm. worried about Mar- Like, the emperor is in service of Marmo, not the other way around. That's interesting, because if you think about it, like, 
one of the things about Ashram as a character that when you really dig into his uh, his character, which isn't explored as well in this version as it is in the other anime, and is and is apparently explored more in like the fiction, is that Ashram really is about the people. He's not a bad. He's he is a he does bad things. Right. He's a he's a black knight, you know, with the evil sword. But at the same time, he the only thing and the only reason why he does this is because he wants to protect the people of Marmo. Right. So like. I think he's you're, a Magneto. He is, and it's one of those things where Beld, just to his face, was like, "I don't care if my our people die." Right, exactly. So like Ashram's like, "Well, you're a asshole ruler, and if you die, maybe this will, they'll be better off," you know, yep. without without actually saying it quite in those words. So I love the dynamic between these two characters. Mm-hmm. Like, he's he's evil, but he's lawful evil, right? Or you know, even just looking from his perspective, he would consider himself lawful good. Well, the best villains don't consider themselves villain. Yeah, absolutely. And I can definitely see the, I can see an argument that Ashram is lawful neutral. Yeah, I hundred percent, absolutely. So Bell's probably neutral evil. Yeah, I I can definitely see that too. We cut back to the drunk man, and uh, apparently he gets uh, pushed back by a dark elf male. Is he supposed to be a dark elf? Because he's a lot lighter than Pyrrhus. He is lighter, but he, I'm... He's, like, the same as Deedlet. He looks... Do you think so? I know he's colored the same as Deedlet. Yes. I don't know if he's supposed to be a dark elf or not. It's tough but, to say. But the actual hue of the paint used... Yeah. ...is the same as Deedlet. Yeah, I don't know if he's if he's necessarily meant to be. I don't know how, how common it is in this world to have regular elves that are evil. Because you can think of, like, traditional fantasy, like Tolkien-type stuff. The elves, oftentimes, in general, aren't evil. No, but they're kind of haughty and snotty, and true. So I guess he could. They could have some regular elves, but then it, it brings to question: like, would regular elves want to work with dark elves? You know, like there's a there's a lot of and gray area. Well, there. Puritess isn't as dark as a traditional no, D and D. No, and and so, by the way, if you're not familiar with the what we're talking about, Puritess specifically is the dark elf woman. I forgot to yeah, mention that. Yeah, so you know maybe dark elves aren't a separate sub race in this in this world, right? Maybe they are just elves that work for Marmo. It could be. I know that, like in other, like in the other series, they do darken the skin a little bit more to make it seem, you know, make the differences a little more apparent. But not not to the level of like what you see like on the cover of like a Dritz novel, yeah, like Dritz. where like he's like like pitch black almost, and, and some of those are like almost like purpley, like dark purpley mm-hmm. or whatever. But anywho, the elf, dark elf, whatever you want to call him, puts a stop to it kind of talks down to him, the, the whole racial sort of element here, uh, you know, human versus elf that we've seen, you know, played out before, or, right. you know, human But again, here he doesn't dwarf. say dark elf or drow. He does not. He just says elf. He does, that is true. And actually, Ashram and Bell, Bell says, Ashram, you will take the elves. So, like, it's very well possible uh, that you are correct on that. Well, Bell's um, purple, so... That's true. Like, that brings up so many questions, I, too. I think maybe we just need to throw that whole thing out the window. That Yeah, yeah, you might be right. Uh, this dude, this this human gets his ass kicked. He's about to be cut down when Ashram comes in and saves him. Drunky talks back and gets backhanded by Ashram. I like that bit. That was nice. I think he broke his jaw. I think you're right. Because the way he showed him on the ground, like, holding his mouth. Like yeah, his... it was, like, kind of, like, lopsided. Yeah. I love Ashram's line, men who don't know their limits have no place here. Just a good little line. You yep. know, he's just like, fuck you, buddy. We, I think we get, I didn't write it down, but I do believe we also get, like, a little bit of the the fuck eyes, like from uh, from Pyrrhus to like <laughs> Ashram there, like she's just like giving him the look, and he's like, "Yeah, sup, <laughs> pretty cool." We get a debriefing session where a essentially <laughs> what? Not taking off their underwear? What are you? Is that what you're imagining? <laughs> Jesus Christ, Bill! <laughs> Do you let me thirsty and Pyrrhus giving the fuck eyes? <laughs> Here's a debriefing session. <laughs> oh my god. Woodchuck. <laughs> uh, no, we get uh, information about what happened in episode one relayed from Parn uh, to what's going on here. Oh yeah, because that was just over the map. <laughs> yes, it was. It was just like, here's some information. Um, like, as you saw in episode one, stuff happened. <laughs> yep, pretty much. We're not going to talk about it anymore. <laughs> Go back to episode one to find out. Uh, Cashew shows up. He does this really so like you called it. He's fucking nuts. <laughs> he is. Like, he is. Like he just goes off the party. He's like, ha ha ha! Don't you go and fade away on me now? And he laughs maniacally. It shakes him. Just shakes the shit out of him. <laughs> My only thought just was just gets him by the armor. He just 
Kind of rattles him. <laughs> my, my only thought was, I just want to see the scene where Pard is just like staring up longingly at Cashew and says, Mr. Cashew, I don't feel so good. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> don't go fading away. I mean, I love it. So good. Uh, I think we're more likely going to have Pard and Cashew like on a horse like the Kanye West video. Yes! Can we please? <laughs> oh my God. Because someone... Dr- Fans, I've come to you so many times to draw for us. <laughs> one of you one time is going to be like, I could draw that. I don't care if you're not even good at art. Can someone draw me that? Like, Parn and Deedlin from, like, the Kanye horse. Just do it. Parn and Deedlin or Parn no, and Cashew? No, Parn and Cashew, I meant. Parn and Cashew, do it. Draw him with the horse. Do it. Anyway, so. Lost my train of thought. Oh, Deedlin is jealous as hell. Like usual. Like usual. Um, Fawn offers Parn. A Holy Knight's armor, right after this. And Parn denies it. He says he'd rather wear his father Tessius's armor and sword. He's like, yeah, no, fuck that. <laughs> that armor's great, gives me... No, here's the conversation that happens. So, what's the AC bonus on that? Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. What's, what's the dex modifier? Ooh, Parn... My character Parn actually has a plus three modifier to dex. I feel like that I'd actually lose AC, so I'm going to turn down the holy armor that you're offering me. Yep. That's the conversation that yep. happens. To which Cashew's like, how about the shield? Because at you least... You don't have sh- one of those yet. You don't have one of those yet. You get that bonus armor that doesn't count against you if you carry a shield. <laughs> and it's great, because he takes the shield... Writes it off character sheet, and then forgets about and it. And forgets about it, because we <laughs> never see him carry the shield in the rest of the series. Spoiler. <laughs> Spoiler. Um, he gets out the door and just... <laughs> <laughs> just chucks it in a plant. <laughs> hey, you! Catch this holy artifact! This holy relic. Oh, balls. Uh, so they watch Cashew ride off while sitting on top of the castle walls. And uh, out of nowhere, a, a dagger gets thrown and Woodchuck steps out. He was trying to test Parn and see what he's made of. Apparently flesh. That's what he's squishy made. parts. Squishy parts. Blood. <laughs> Muscle blood. Squishiness. Oh, he's not made a tree. They're not made candy. Uh, we get a really kind of a crazy scene here where Woodchuck is, a ben- is essentially saying, You ever killed a man? <laughs> Can you kill a man? You're going to have to kill a man. You ever kill a man, boy? <laughs> Remember those dead people you saw? You better forget it if you want to kill a man. <laughs> You don't remember what it looked like, dead? Kill him. <laughs> Fucking murder him. Kill him and forget him. It's kind of dark. <laughs> like, really dark. Woodchuck's being played by the resident edgelord. Yeah, oh my god, he, he totally, <laughs> he's totally is being played by the edgelord. Uh, we get our break card, but we're not going away. We're just going to keep going, because we already had a break card. <laughs> no, we're not doing that. <laughs> dead bodies everywhere. Um, your favorite scene, Ato is trying to heal a dead body. <laughs> And gives up. It's like, well, nope, he's dead. <laughs> he just, he's just pointing at him with light coming out of his face. Whoa. Not even a lot of light. Just, wah, 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 wah. And the guy goes, ugh. He's like, <laughs> he's, he's casting mending. He's, he's out of actual spells, the healing spells. Well, I've cast light. I don't know what else to do. <laughs> I didn't take any healing spells. Oh. <laughs> I would play that character, too, that's, like, well-known as, like, this great cleric. And then, like, the first time someone's like, help me, I'm like, I don't got no fucking healing spells. I mean, I played an awesome cleric. Yeah. I know healing spells. Yeah. That's because I based them on Thor and I killed things. No, that's fair. Mine was just a backwoods racist dragonborn. But anyhow. Third edition, uh, clerics were kind of broken. They were broken in third edition. I will tell you that is the truth. Uh, so Gim is ready to go. He's got his backpack on. He's wandering off and Slane's like, so you're gonna go fight the witch by yourself? <laughs> and, uh, Gim's like, it doesn't matter. I'm not coming back. Dark. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is like a dark turn. It's slain, not like, you're loved, people need you. No, it was just like, well, that's stupid. <laughs> yeah. yep. That's not going to do anybody any good. <laughs> Think of the party, man. Yeah, so we flashed to Carla, and I kind of missed when I was writing my notes, because I was trying to write them quickly, <laughs> what happened We're a big party, here? we need two tanks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, I don't know what happens here, but like, we flashed to Carla. Is she talking about, like... Are they talking about her taking over other bodies in this scene? Like, do you remember what ha- is happening in this scene? I just remember them flashing. It was really Carla. random. No, she like she's just like, yes, Layla. That's what this body was called. Like, just yeah. Like, I think they're just reminding you. Okay, that like that it's like 
her taking over someone's body. Yeah, because she's the hat. And we got the whole hat talk. She's the fucking serpent. That's why you forgot what we were talking about. Because we were talking about hats. (laughs) Slane pulls a dick move. And just... (laughs) No, not that dick move. No, he casts sleep on the dwarf. (laughs) Thankfully not on the elf. Although if I was running the game, I'd forget um, that elves can't be affected by that. No, he uh, he puts him to sleep. I will tell you, whoever's playing that character is super pissed and is going to like try to kill Slane as soon as he wakes Unless up. He's like a real role player. He's like, no, I, I relish his opportunity to explore my character's feelings. That guy's not playing a door. No. Oh, no. No, no. Uh, Slane then tells Ato to keep being hopeful no matter what. Like, you're pretty and hopeful. Continue to be so. But that guy didn't just take Gimli from one of the rings and cut the Lee off the end of him. <laughs> yep. Yeah. You, you know the guy that steals Gimli, steals the Lord of the Rings character specifically, is not going to be the, the good role the, player. The the, yes. <laughs> so we go back to Fawn and Parm, and they have a tender moment. Uh, Fawn says that they leave tomorrow, but Fawn believes that he also, like Gim said just a minute ago, will not be coming back from this excursion. There's a lot of pessimism going on here. <laughs> uh, he reveals that in the past, he tried to unite all of Lodos. And one of the things that he did was that he negotiated treaties. And there was a tribe that was like, huh, why do our people keep getting eaten by the dragon? We are just settled next to Fire Dragon Mountain. Yeah. Like, Go over to Delicious Bunny Mountain, man. <laughs> Seriously. <sighs> so here's the plan. Yes. From this fucking stupid tribe. A leap of logic. They're like, hey, we have a treaty, right? Give me your daughter, and we'll feed it to the dragon, and it'll leave us al- and it will leave us alone. What? And King Fawn says, I couldn't try to get her back. Not, I couldn't not give it to her, her to them <laughs> in the first place. Yeah, he just up and gives them his daughter. So either he gave his daughter to them. Or they took it by force? I think if they took it by force, we would have seen that, right? Yes. And one dude is not going to go after her and get the kid back. If they, t- if they took it from the king mm-hmm. by force. It, the way it played out and the way the scenes lined up, it's almost like the guy like reached over and went, yoink! Whoop, 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 whoop! He's like, <laughs> he's like oh, I can't do anything about that. I mean, it's kind of... <laughs> it's, it's, it's a weird scene. I don't like this scene. It's he just, did yoink him. He, he, he did. Well, that's the rule of yoink. It's there in the treaty. If, no calls you back to me. It's right there. <laughs> it's right there. Um, so... <laughs> It's kind of how it played out. No, you're right. That's exactly how it happened. Um, Fawn just goes with it, like you said. But Tessius, Parn's father, comes in and says, Look, I'll just go and get your daughter back. They'll think I was just some rogue knight. I'm expendable. I'm expendable. And that's what happens. Like he I'm, a, does. I'm a deniable asset. Yes. So he does. And then the next day... By himself. Yeah. And then, yeah, this is a fucking badass. Fucking Parn's dad is a badass. Not only that, but there were knights in the castle yes when they yoinked her yes so he does this and right after the fact obviously the tribe is pissed off and they come to fight and he says don't worry king i'll fight on the front line after just saving your daughter not the king like let me put you into protective custody like put you into witness protection program right you know Get you a nice island somewhere to live on so you don't walk out there and be a target yeah but he's like nope i want to go out there like fucking Bonkers, awesome, Tessius. Like, good on you, man. You got balls. I've played that character. You have played that character. So, back to Parn and Par- that's, the, that's the player who's, like, trying to see who, if he can get his character killed. Yes. Like, like far- I am sick of this campaign. Not even that. Like, how far can I push this? No, yeah, you're probably right. And apparently that was the, the limit right there. Yeah. Parn is all sad, and Delit comes to him to play a song. All smiling and thirsty. <laughs> yep. Uh, he ruins the mood by... Saying, in the middle of her playing, you're not going. Yep. <laughs> what a buzzkill. She's like, why do you get to go? Yeah, she demands. She's like, uh, I'm going. He's uh, like, well, clearly I'm the white male protagonist. <laughs> oh, I get to go. You're the female racial minority. <laughs> love interest. <laughs> love interest. Absolutely not. Um, but basically she's like, I'm going. I don't trust leaving you and Cashew alone together. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I can't say that she's wrong in this instance. <laughs> Do you think they're dating? Or is Pete, is, is Peedlet? Is Deedlet? <laughs> oh, I combined them. <laughs> that's their, that's their couple name. No, it should not be Peedlet. <laughs> it should be Darn. That's way cuter and not. 
fans. Not a water sports thing. Fans, (laughs) either email us at tuningjapanese at gmail.com. Get on our Facebook. Get on our Twitter. Tell us what is their name. Should it be Peedlet? Is it it Team team Darn or Team Peedlet? Team Darn. Team Peedlet. Maybe we'll make that a Facebook or a Facebook or Twitter poll. Let us know how you feel. Uh, so, Christ. So, as I was trying to say, do you think that Deedlet and Parn are actually a couple at this point, or is she just delusional? I don't think they're actually a couple. I think maybe she's not delusional, mm-hmm. but she's definitely after him. Okay. I still know if they made I think it official. I think I don't think it's official. Okay. I think he's just dense. That is accurate. I think that's right. She's flirting hard. Yeah. And he is just too dumb to get it. Yeah. Or so, he's just really in a cashew. One or the other. Uh, so she just eventually is like, nope, I'm going, and then starts playing music again. And that's that. Yep. So there you go. Um, we go back to Ashram and his monsters and elves, and uh, they go running in, sort of just kind of like fading into the scenery of the forest, oddly animated. Um, Pyrotest then walks over, or like he's walking and she steps in the way. She didn't rush in. Gives him the sexy eyes. <laughs> and just sends you like, can I join you? Please let me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She, she, like, she like asks. It's mm-hmm. it's so seductive. Like, may I join you? And he's just like, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Which is why I said Ashram is woke. He is very woke. Parn's like, I am the white male protagonist. I cannot let the female minority be in danger. Maleness, broness. Mm-hmm. And Pyrrhus is like, can I please join you? And Ashram's like, women of color, sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly how that went. You're 100% right. I'm not sure who I'm rooting for anymore. I don't know either. <laughs> um, Vognard is random. <laughs> Vognard? <laughs> damn, damn it. The fucking evil wizard is all like, all metal. He's like, oh, he's definitely a metal album. Oh yeah, he's like, he's like, death and destruction will rain upon you all. I come blood, you know, shit like that. It's pretty fucking awesome. Um, that's not gonna make sense unless you. That's a really deep cut. If you know that reference, email us. <laughs> yeah. So while that's going on, Beld starts talking to the black dragon sleeping underneath of like the fucking Marmo. Is it black, though? It's a black dragon. Is it? Yeah. Because they showed red underneath on the bottom of it. Yeah, it's supposed to be a black dragon. Like, like, it's supposed to be a more of a traditional black dragon. It's just they decided to change the the colors. Up I thought it was a red dragon that was dirty. No. <laughs> <laughs> I really did. God damn it. No, it's a black... I feel like we had that same conversation the first... We They they have... They lean heavily on the classic D&D dragons because they've got... There's the... It's either white or green dragon that's with... I think it's white dragon that's with uh, niece at the beginning... And then there's the red fire dragon in Fire Dragon Mountain, uh, shooting star. And then you've got, uh, Cardi, Cardi, Cardis or whatever, like, or something close to that, uh, that is the black dragon that they're referring to. There's, he had a red underbelly. That's what was I think so. Me. Yeah. Yeah. It, it definitely throws off. And then we saw a traditional green dragon in episode one, too. Yes. So we've seen most of the colors throughout the same. It's not a blue. Yeah. We, I don't think we see a blue. Is honestly. there a blue in the opening? There might be. There's five in the opening. They're probably a blue one. That's a, a black, a black, white, a, white a, red, a red, a green. A green and a black. Or, I guess a black. I, I so it's got to be blue. It's got to be, but I don't remember. That's the only one, that's the only color I think of the traditional dragons that are left. So, yeah, he's talking to the dragon. He's like, why are you awakening? And he p- uses his sword to put it back to sleep. He's like, no, don't awaken yet. And his sword glows and it puts its head down like a dog that's like, huh, food? Okay, never mind. Maybe it's not like, maybe he didn't directly use... Speaking of, Speaking maybe of. he didn't directly use the sword to, to put it to sleep. Yeah. Maybe he just, like, threatened it with a sword. Okay. It wasn't so much like, I used the sword's power to put you to sleep, so much as, like, you fucking stay there. I got the fucking demon crusher. Or else. Soul crusher. So, yeah, that happens. And then he says, I can't remember, I think it's Bell that says, can it be? And I think he's referencing Carla summoning the dragon, maybe? They said, like, she's trying to summon it or something. Yeah. And then they show Carla, like... yeah. Kind of doing some like power shit, doing magicy things. Yeah, magicy, magicy person doing magicy things. We cut back to Cashew. Hey, Cashew, Cashew. says one of the <laughs> says one of his guardsmen. Hey, Cashew, like none of our guards have come back. Like, do you think that's a big deal? <laughs> yeah, Marvel's cows are gone. Is that a problem? <laughs> oh, which, look, there's one. <laughs> at which point, a fucking 
shambling zombie-ass looking thing starts meandering over. Dressed in Follis's Yes, the, the wrong, the wrong, yeah. So they can keep using that same footage. Yes, over and over again. At this point, it, like, attacks, and then gets cut down by Cashew. Yep. It has, it's kind of a cool effect. It's got, like, crazy red eyes and... A purpley tinged skin, yeah. fangs, and yeah. pointed and ca- ears now. Yeah, very vampire-y. Yeah, I, I wonder if it's supposed to be, like, a vampire spawn or something. Yeah, absolutely. And then, uh... Ghoul, maybe. Maybe, yeah. No, I can see that. And uh, Cashew's like, they're using our men against us. Um, Cashew is not woke. No. As here comes all these monster races, and he's like, they're just animals. They can't fight, they're just animals. Yes, that is the quote. And I'm like, Cashew, man, they're doing a pretty good job. They they are, because they, they kill they, them the exact same attack pattern as we saw at the beginning of the episode. They, they play that whole thing they did, they did it twice. Yeah, and it worked both times. Yeah. That's a damn good plan. Fun builds his army and gets ready for war as the narrator talks to us about how two old men are going to cross swords. <laughs> I think that's what they said. (laughs) Here's a quote. Their battle will become a legend to be told for generations to come. And that's it. That's episode six of Record of Lotus War, which is entitled The Sword and the Dark Emperor. I like this better than the other episode. I like both of them, honestly. But I think of the two, this one's the more interesting of the two. Uh, We really are ramping up toward a a big battle. And unlike... Something like Gurren Lagann, where they you know didn't always build up and execute it right. Um, this will execute it very well, right? Going forward, the only thing you can say about this one is, and it's the same thing we said before. Mm-hmm. None of these episodes are really memorable standalone. No, start, absolutely start not. Start to finish stories. No, this is a this is definitely an anime. You this have is to heavily serialized. Yes. in order. Yes, you have. Well, except for episode one, but like, but you even that's intended to be the first episode. Yes, absolutely. Right, introduce you to the characters, right. the, yeah, the world. Yes, it, it's not in chronological order, but it is in episodic order. Like, yeah. they intended to be there. Yeah. I like, in this episode especially, um, this one and the one before, we already know our main party, but they really, the one thing that this anime does really well is build up the ancillary characters. Because they're important, right? They are, yeah. Fawn and Beld and all these, like, Ashram, like, they're all, every character feels important. Right. And I like that. You know, again, well, there that, are ones that are just faceless cannon Yes, fodder. yes. But, like, but like talking about, like, named characters. Yes. Which is the problem that, again, not to show on Gurren Lagann, but Josh isn't here. So, like, in Gurren Lagann, you know, there are a lot of named characters, but we didn't care about most of them. Because right. they didn't take time to develop them. In a 13-episode series, they still take the time to manage to make us understand who they are, differentiate them, and make them all cool. Yeah, it's episode 11. They're not just like, here are these three guys who are going to die in the big battle. Yep. Absolutely. So, so, yeah, I think that's one of the strengths. What are your thoughts on the episode? Really, I kind of filled them in with you there. That I mean, it was good. It was great. Um, like I said, it's hard to differentiate an episode to an episode because yep. it is so serialized. Mm-hmm. This is really just a 13-episode-long movie mm-hmm. broken up into digestible chunks. Yeah, I would agree So it, it is really hard to comment episode to episode. Yeah, no, it is. Um, but speaking of episode to episode, we'll be back the next time we do one of these with episodes seven and eight, uh, The War of Heroes and Requiem for Warriors. Good episodes coming up. They'll be good. They'll be great. I'm excited. Yay. But that's <laughs> next time. This is this time, and we need to get out of here. So, Bill, if you wouldn't mind taking us out. This has been Tuning Japanese, a podcast where two dudes in their 30s talk about Record of Lodos War. Yeah. And I'm the Red Dragon from Fire Dragon Mountain. I'm Bill. Oh, gosh, you've changed. Uh, and, uh, why can't Fallis take it easy on me? <sighs> My name is Andy. <laughs> and we'll see you next time. You love it. Thanks for listening to Tuning Japanese. For more information, visit our website, tuningjapanese.com, like our Facebook at facebook.com slash tuningjapanese, and follow our Twitter at tuningjapanese. You can also get a hold of the show by sending us an email at tuningjapanese at gmail.com. Please help support the show by going to iTunes and leaving a five-star rating and review. You can also go to patreon.com slash tuningjapanese to get all kinds of bonus content and help support the show monetarily. Tuning Japanese is part of the Questionable Endeavor Network. For more information on other podcasts and articles, check out questandnetwork.com. 
While you're there, check out other great shows like the Shadow Vane Podcast, the Rundown Wrestling Podcast, Slasher Sanitarium, Raw Attitude Podcast, New Blood Rising, the Reanimator Podcast, Airless Pretenders, and our newest show, and sometimes their Scotch. Our losses are not sacrifices. They're a necessary shield, as you will be if you die. Yes, sire, as you may be too. Ha, 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 